Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, every, everything, every single thing you've been told about the 2020 election is wrong. Everything, everything. I read a piece in New York Mag by a most likely a liberal writer who's interviewing an already out liberal pollster. They admit they're liberal pollsters. There's, there's no guys here trying to be independent. It's a liberal pollster guy that has some stunning information about 2020. That if if you don't hear it, you're, you're, you're totally out of the mix. I'm telling you, it was a, oh, an eye opener. I'm not overselling it. I'm going to hit that on the show today because the piece explains why the left is doubled and tripled down on cancel culture and getting rid of Trump now so he doesn't run in 2024. Guy, how's that for a tease? It's a little shorter and sweeter? What do you think? Guy liked it. Joe, hmm. what do you think? Was yeah. that a good tease? That, okay, okay. I'm not selling this. I'm not overhyping this. It's that important. And by the way, the lady who asked in the comments section yesterday why I'm always looking around at things, I don't know. I just can never focus on anything. Maybe I've got some kind of mild attention problem. I don't know. I promise you, I'm not staring at anything. It's just my eyeballs dart all over. But thank you for the question. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data, it's your business. Yours. Get a VPN today. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I already blew everything by introducing Joe. We'll get to the bell in a minute, but I've got that. I've got why it explains cancel culture. An amazing piece on why cancel culture matters. Why cancel culture matters. No, no, no. Why it really matters. Why the whole argument that Amazon's a private company isn't going to stick when they start banning books. Nope, no thanks. All right, let's get to the show. Today's show brought to you by MD Hearing Aid. What's MD hearing aid? It is an FDA approved. This is my dad's new favorite hearing aid, by the way. Digital hearing aid that costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. The average price of a hearing aid in America is just over $2,400 a pair. But MD hearing aids, Vol Plus model, he's like, really? Vol Plus model is just, are just $299 each when you buy a pair. $299 each when you buy a pair. That's nearly 90% less. MD hearing aid was founded by an ENT surgeon who saw many of his patients couldn't afford them. He made it his mission to develop a solid quality hearing aid that anyone could afford. Their sleek design fits so well, no one will notice you're even wearing it. It's rechargeable with a battery life that lasts up to 30 hours, waterproof, and up to three feet of water. You don't even need a prescription or a doctor's appointment. You buy it directly from them with audiologists and licensed hearing specialists available seven days a week. How are they so affordable? Well, since about 95% of the people who need a hearing aid only require a few settings, MD Hearing Aid simplified the need for certain components not needed by most people. They have over 600,000 satisfied customers. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, and they offer a 45-day risk-free trial with a 100% money-back guarantee so you can buy with confidence. Again, these are my father's new faves. It's time to reclaim your life from hearing loss. Go to mdhearingaid.com. And use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, to get their buy one, get one, $299.99 each offer. Plus, they're adding a free extra charging case, a $60 value just for listeners of my show. So head to, head to mdhearingaid.com, use our promo code Bongino, or you can even call them at 1-800-734-9524. That's 1-800-734-9524. Thanks, MD Hearing Aid. All right, Joe, let's go. Rarely 
I'm always stoked, but rarely am I this stoked for a show. Yesterday, sitting in the oncologist's office, waiting for my CT scan. I'll give you the results tomorrow. Let's hope everything's good. I think it is. I'm all about the power of positive thought these days. And I'm scrolling through for content, right, Joe, for tomorrow's show, Mm -hmm. because that's all my entire life is show prep. That's all I do these days. And I come across this absolute gem in NewYorkMag.com by Eric Levitz. David Shore on why Trump was good for the GOP and how Dems can win in 2022. This is a left-leaning magazine interviewing a leftist guy, David Shore, on why Trump, read that headline again, folks, on why Trump was good for the GOP. The insights in the piece are stunning because everything you've been told about 2020 is wrong. Let me tell you first, to actually, you have to read the whole piece. It's quite long. It'll take you about 15 minutes. It's a good solid 2,000 words plus. It is worth your time. I sent it to my friend on the Trump campaign and said, if you don't read this today, I can't talk to you ever again. Didn't really say that, but that's what I was thinking. Everything you've been told about 2020 is wrong. For, to read it, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. Subscribe to my newsletter. I'll email you stuff like this every morning. Let's get to premise number one. I believed myself that I've now totally thrown out the window because a liberal pollster going through the data has told me that this assertion is wrong. What is that assertion? It said, hey, Joe, you know, Trump got 75 million votes in the election, the most ever for a GOP candidate because just GOP turnout was just really high. Makes sense, right? Gee, makes sense. Joe? Yeah, man, yeah. All right. A lot of Republicans like Trump. He was popular and just a lot more Republicans Turned out to vote for Trump. Wrong, wrong. You're wrong, Gee. Joe, you're wrong too. You're both fired what? immediately. Come on, dude. Yes, sorry. It was a good run. Thank you for your time. All right. You're wrong. Totally wrong. I was wrong too. I'd have to fire myself. That's not what happened. What do you mean that's not what happened, Dan? The GOP did turn out to degrees they've never turned out before. Trump clearly, by a long shot, got the most votes ever for a GOP candidate running for president. Folks, it wasn't higher turnout. It was persuasion. Let that collagen settle into jello for a minute. Let that mortar harden up. What? It wasn't higher GOP turnout. It was Trump digging into the Democrat base and persuading them for the first time to vote for Republicans. Oh, 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 oh. that's um, the verdict is in. That's a really, that may seem like a simple thing. Ah, Dan, that was obvious. No, no, it wasn't obvious. It wasn't obvious at all. Matter of fact, liberals, remember the narrative always matters. And the media have been very eager to tell you, yeah, you know, Trump did well amongst Republicans. He did well and he got the most votes, but he only did it because Republicans turned out. They are very eager to make the idea go away that maybe Trump was onto something and for the first time started to persuade career lifelong Democrat voters that the GOP was a better option. 
that would be a very damaging narrative because it would lead to the narrative that Trump was not a negative force in this country, but maybe a positive one for getting people to open their eyes to other ideas. Oh my gosh, we can't have that out there. Let me read to you. If you're not seeing, by the way, how astonishing this is and the ramifications, it explains everything. I'm I'm not doing a good enough job. That Trump was a positive force for the GOP can never get out there. They hated him so much. They want nothing but negativity attached to his name. And if Trump's powers of persuasion were so good that even Democrats started to vote for them, the media can't come out and say next, gosh, Democrats are just really stupid because they voted for Trump too. Do you understand how that's not a powerful, that's not a great thing to say? Mm Mm-hmm. Their whole line, uh, Joe, am I making sense? Please tell Seriously, me. Seriously, yeah, you Their are. whole yeah. line has been, you Republicans are all racist Nazis, therefore you voted for the racist Nazi Trump. But what if that's not really the story? What if the story was that Trump actually persuaded a lot of the Democrats, the media have told us are good people, that he had the better ideas? Oh, no, no, but he's a racist and a Nazi. Wow, that would mean a lot of Democrats were racist and Nazis too. It also explains away cancel culture. I know you're getting like, just get to the piece. I know, I know, but there's so much juice in here. It explains cancel culture too. Why the rapid deterioration into cancel culture madness to wipe Trump off the face of the earth, Twitter, Facebook, Stripe, Salesforce, every, why? Because if his powers of persuasion were so powerful, that he even convinced lifelong Democrats that he had the better ideas, then, man, we better shut him down quick. What a danger. All right, without further ado, let's get to screenshot one. Read this whole piece. It's worth your time. I'll, I'll read this and then I'll explain it. They were, they're talking about the idea that, hey, Trump just, you know, he got those votes because, like I said, he just was high Republican turnout. Quote, but that looks wrong. It really seems like the electorate was slightly more democratic than it had been in 2016. The exact opposite, folks, not more Republican, largely due to demographic change. Because there's such a large partisan gap between younger and older voters, every four years, the electorate gets something like 0.4% more democratic just through generational churn. Younger people vote Democrat more, folks. As older people die, the electorate that shows up to vote becomes more Democrat. Simple as that. Back to the quote. So Trump didn't exceed expectations by inspiring higher than anticipated Republican turnout. Oh, here's the kicker. He exceeded them mostly through persuasion. A lot of voters changed their minds between 2016 and 2020. How can that be? Trump said he's a racist Nazi. How How can that be? How can that be that between 2016 and 2020, a boatload of traditional Democrats changed their mind to vote for a guy the media swore is a Russian colluding, treasonous, racist Nazi? How is that? How how is that? Folks, I have to tell you, I was fooled by that too. I thought it was his, his extremely high popularity amongst Republicans, which drove traditional Republican sit-outs. In other words, Joe, people who'd sit out elections only vote every whatever, 10, 12, 16 years. Mm-hmm. I, I thought to myself, gosh, he just, you know, he incentivized them because people loved him to show up and vote. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what happened. The electorate was actually more Democrat. 
So who, if the, elect- if the electorate was more Democrat and Trump got a record number of votes and it wasn't more Republicans voting for him, then who exactly was voting for the Trumpster? There's got to be some data. Now we have it. Henceforth, the peace. Now that the data about the election is starting to seep out there, exit polls, questions who you voted for, who you didn't, racial breakdowns, there are some fascinating conclusions right now. And bottom line up front, before I get to this next screenshot, the GOP is now becoming the party of the working man. Hold, hold, William Wallace style. Hold, hold, with the spears. Part two of that. Regardless of race, black middle-class working families, Hispanic middle-class working families, Asian-American working families are now starting to say, I'm not really about those defund the police, high tax, cancel Dr. Seuss Democrats. I'm not really digging that chili. I'm going to give this Trump guy a look-see. Now, the media, of course, absent this guy, who uh, is David Shore, who, again, is not a conservative. He's a liberal. This is a warning he's writing for the Democrats, where you as Republicans should finally put your chest out, shoulders back and chin up high, and do what I told you at my CPAC speech. Be proud of the fact that we are on the right side of this, that freedom, economic liberty, they all matter. Public safety matters. These are our issues, not the left. And the working class is waking up regardless of race. Listen to this. I'm going to read it. Quote, New York Mag. At the subgroup level, Democrats gained somewhere between half a percent to one percent amongst non-college whites and roughly seven percent amongst white college graduates. He writes in parentheses, which is kind of crazy. So Democrats are becoming the party of rich white liberals. Yet the Democrats support among African-Americans declined something like one to two percent. And then Hispanic support dropped by eight to nine percent. The jury's still out on Asian-Americans. They're waiting on the data from California. But there's evidence that there was something like a 5% decline in Asian-American support for Democrats, with a lot of variance among subgroups. There were really big declines in Vietnamese areas, for example. He says, anyway, one implication of these shifts is that the education polarization went up and racial polarization went down. Quote, here it is, the coup de grace. In other words, the voters' level of educational attainment, whether they had a college degree or not, became more predictive of which party they voted for in 2020 than in 2016, while a voter's racial identity became less predictive. I, Joe, how, uh, mm. have we not been saying this now? Mm. For, uh, yeah. You're not wasting your time on my show? That identity politics, the Democrats' endless appeals to voters say, vote for us because the Republicans are all racist. They hate you. What did I tell you? That identity politics and cancel culture will eventually cannibalize the left. Why? 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 Because you can't constantly advocate for policies that pick preferential, that that give preferential treatment to racial groups without harming other racial groups who start to say, ah, that kind of sounds racist to me. You want to put meat on the bone? What do I mean by that? 
You can't advocate for eliminating charter schools saying we need more racial equality. Charter schools are only for racist white Republicans when it's actually black and Hispanic families in a lot of struggling economic, economically struggling districts that are benefiting from them. They feel like, gosh, you know, that's really weird. A bunch of rich white liberals are telling me my kid can't go to a charter school. That sounds kind of racist. But the liberals pitch is that, no, no, we're doing it because the Republicans are racist. And everybody's like, yeah, but my kid's school's being closed down charter school because of Democrats. That doesn't quite make sense. What about an even easier example? You know, the specialty schools in New York City, Bronx Science and other ones, these elite schools. What about Asian minority families work really hard and uh, they have to score two and 300 points higher on an entrance exam to get into a school two or 300 points higher than white, black or Hispanic families because there's, uh, you know, air quotes here, too many Asians in those schools. Joe, that sounds kind of racist, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it just, does. just checking. Seriously, yeah. It's a racist check mm -hmm. for Democrats. We have to do that once in a while because the Democrats, no one checks them for their racism. Thank you, Joe. Joe agrees. That sounds kind of racist. There's an Asian quota? Kind of like they had the Jewish quota back in the day. That sounds, that sounds kind of racist and bigoted to, to me. And Asian voters are kind of like, uh, hey, um, my kid can't get into a school because there's an Asian quota? I, I'm, not really digging, I'm, not, I'm not really digging that. Working class parents with dirt under their fingernails, Asian, white, I mean, excuse me, Asian, Hispanic, black, minorities, even white working class voters are saying, this Democrat pitch about everything being racist all the time sounds kind of racist to me. Don't say I didn't warn you, Democrats. I'm sure audience archivist Judy could pull multiple clips where I've warned them repeatedly, their endless appeals to their voters, claiming everyone and their mother is a racist but them, while it's actually the Democrats pushing racist policies was inevitably going to backfire as people get hurt in their own homes. As the Hispanic trucker gets fired from his job as Bill Maher said the other day, for flicking a booger. And someone says, no, that looked like a white supremacist sign. Remember that on the show the other day? The guy was Spanish. He works for a living. He's a white supremacist? Wow, that's weird. <laughs> so takeaway number one, it wasn't higher turnout amongst Republicans that led to Trump's historic number of votes. It was his powers of persuasion. That makes him dangerous. Dangerous in the cancel culture eyes. Second, takeaway number two, the GOP is rapidly becoming the party of working class voters, regardless of your race. Finally. Takeaway number three is a lot. I'm going to, let me get to my, um, my, my second sponsor. I'm going to, I didn't intend on spending this much time on this, but this is so critical. Uh, I'm going to get to that and I'll get back to the third takeaway that how my, Trump made the Democrats show their arses theory. Can I say that? I think we're going to have to um, show their cabooses theory. That's my theory. Remember that one, Joe? That Trump makes the liberals oh, show yeah. their butts yeah, theory. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a it's a scientific documented theory yeah. uh, cited many times in scientific journal. <laughs> Just kidding. But the <laughs> Democrats had to show their cabooses theory. How part three of this takeaway is part of that. Stay tuned. All right. Today's show also brought to you by. Got a new sponsor today I'm absolutely stoked to have on board. 
Start mail. Free email services like Gmail and Yahoo aren't really free. When something, ladies and gentlemen, is air quotes free, you are being sold. You pay with these email services, Gmail and Yahoo, with your privacy. And since those companies have access to every email you send and receive, big tech can sell your data to the highest bidder. You know my interest in the parallel economy escaping the big tech tyrants. That's why I was more than happy to take this company on as a sponsor, Startmail. That's why we trust Startmail to secure our email operation. It makes us all here feel safe again. Startmail, Startmail, Startmail. It keeps my email private, period. Every email is encrypted, even if the uh, recipient doesn't use encryption, which means big tech can't read, scan, analyze, or sell my personal information ever. Not even Big Brother can snoop around your email. Startmail also prevents government agencies from spying on you like these dragnet operations, which Startmail deleted means deleted, deleted, gone forever, forever and ever. And Startmail uses their own servers, not Amazon's, which means they can't be put out of business. Startmail is also backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. You get unlimited anonymous aliases. The feature protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. So when you're giving your email to a company but want to protect your identity, Startmail can generate a shareable alias email so people can't sell your info and they can be deleted anytime. Get rid of spy mail. Go to Startmail today. I don't trust big tech ever ever, and neither should you. Start securing your email privacy right now today with Startmail. Sign up today. You'll get 50% off, 5-0, 50% off your first year. Go to Startmail, start with a T, startmail.com slash Bongino. That's startmail.com slash Bongino for 50% off your first year. Do not wait another day. Startmail.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right, back to the show. So the third takeaway from this astonishingly good piece is I've had this theory for a long time. Uh, Joe has been uh, subjected to listening to forever. He's probably tired of it, but it's my theory of why the Democrats were so ineffective against Trump. And it's because they were laden with emotion rather than an effective tactical response. Trump so bothered them because he was the first Republican candidate in a long time of any prominence to finally give the double barreled middle finger. We use the index finger on the show for the family family friendly crowd. He gave the double barrel to the left. What did the left do to the Republicans in the past and how did they respond? George W. Bush and others. Not knocking them. I'm just saying this is what happened. George W. Bush would say something. The left would come out and do what, Joe? That's racist. Yeah. Of course it wasn't. They just made it up. And what would Bush and others in the past? You know, and I'm, again, I'm not knocking him. I'm just using an example from recent history. The Bush team in the White House would come out and, you know, apologize for something that wasn't racist at all and nothing to do with race at all, as a matter of fact. Uh, the left would do what? Oh, they would, they would, they'd take a, they'd, they'd, they'd pop the champagne corks, <laughs> drinking the champagne like they just won the World Series. You gotta win, 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 no matter what. They loved it. They thought it was great. They'd have their Lombardi trophy in the locker room. Look, we got these <laughs> idiots. We got these dope show to apologize yeah. for something we said was racist, even though we knew we just made it up. What a bunch of morons. <laughs> Trump didn't do that. Trump gave exactly zero hits with an S. He didn't care. They'd come out. They'd make stuff up. 
Trump doesn't like immigrants. There's no evidence of that at all. Trump doesn't like black voters. There's absolutely zero evidence for that. And Trump just wouldn't turn around and play their game. Matter of fact, he would double down and call them fake news. <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't take it. They couldn't. They, they couldn't take it. Because they're like, wait, wait. Uh, uh, we. It's not Pavlovian. It's operant conditioning. Response reward, right? Not stimulus response for you psych majors out there. Huh, still remember my stuff. The Republicans would respond. They would apologize for fake charges of racism. And that was a reward to the Democrats who would humiliate them in the media as they apologized for something they didn't do. And that felt rewarding and powerful. And it led to political victories for them in the past. Not so much anymore. So the Democrats just continued to behavior. So they learned response reward. They learned like when I was in my experimental psychology classes, you know, you get a thirsty animal in a cage, you put a dipper, they eventually figure out the dipper and how to get water droplets, right? And it's rewarding because then they're not thirsty anymore. Response reward. Well, what happens in the dipper training, right? When a really thirsty, say, caged animal, right, starts hitting the dipper and they're really thirsty and the water doesn't come out. What do you get? Every single time. You get a freak out. You get what they call an extinction burst, the behavior. Maniacal hitting of the dipper. I'm not kidding. You can see it everywhere across human beings, any living creature. That, that has some uh, cognition capabilities or even basic neuron connections. You get panicked extinction bursts. No, you don't. Really? You ever put a dollar in a Coke machine and the Coke doesn't come out? Oh, what do people do? Shit. Oh, damn. People don't get this thing. What do they do? They Boom. shake the machine. It doesn't do anything. Why do you do it? Because we're all living creatures that obey some of the same iron laws of psychology. Yeah. We made a response. We put a, we did an operant, an operant behavior. You put a dollar in. The Coke didn't come out. And what do we do? We freak out in an extinction burst of behavior, even though we know it does nothing. You're in the midst right now of the biggest democrat extinction burst in human history. You're seeing panicked shaking of the Coke machine by Democrats who can't figure out why a guy they think is a racist buffoon who's actually a very talented politician, Donald Trump, keeps pulling their voters away from their working class base despite their protestations that they're the party of the little guy. How is this happening? And every time we double down and show our butts and call him a racist and a buffoon and a xenophobe, he doesn't apologize and admit it. He doubles down even more and calls us the racist and fake news. What do we do? We shake the Coke machine. That's what we do. Now, Joe, wouldn't you agree shaking the Coke machine is counterproductive? Uh, it doesn't do anything. The Coke doesn't come out. A lot of noise. Yeah. It doesn't come out of the machine, right? You shit, but no. people do it. They yeah. kick it. I do they it. yell at it. I do. Damn machine. <laughs> yes. Give me my Coke. Or worse. It's not listening to you. It doesn't process yeah. information. Joe's done it himself. I've done it. Yeah. And me and Joe are relatively smart guys. Huh? Sometimes. On Mondays and Fridays. <laughs> during the week, it loses. We yell at the machine. 
Sound like what the Democrats are doing now? Yelling at the machine is counterproductive, right? It doesn't do anything. Yet I just told you what the Democrats are doing on their on their on their policy support. There's support of defunding the police, cancel culture. I told you what they're doing is counterproductive. They're driving working class voters in droves to people like Donald Trump and Republicans, and yet they continue to do it. Why? Because it's an extinction burst. It's not rational. They are having a psychological meltdown to a guy who won't deliver the coke when they deliver the dollar. They deliver the dollar. You're a racist. Every other Republican, deliver the Coke. We apologize. We're so sorry. Trump, double-barreled. You're the racist and you're fake news. What do we do? Kick the machine. Yell at it. Yeah, but that's counterproductive. You're wasting energy. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care because they can't control themselves. They can't. I told you identity politics is backfiring. I told you cancel culture is backfiring. They're canceling liberals now. They keep doing it because they in are in the middle of the biggest extinction burst in political in the modern history of politics. This is the most destructive extinction burst you've ever seen. That was a long setup to take away number three. He's like, my gosh, we're on subject one, <laughs> one of eight. Sorry, this is super important. Here's takeaway number three from this spectacular piece. So why are the Democrats doing this? Engaging in an extinction burst of cancel culture and endless charges of racism, knowing it's decimating their party. Quote from the piece. So this leads to the question of why? Why did non-white voters start sorting more by ideology? And that's a hard thing to know. But the author's organization and partner organizations have done extensive post-election surveys of 2020 voters. They look specifically at voters who switched from Clinton in 2016 to Trump in 2020 to see whether anything distinguishes this subgroup in terms of their policy opinions. Hang with me. A couple more sentences here. What they found is that Clinton voters with conservative views on, oh, 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 conservative views on crime, policing, and public safety were far more likely to switch to Trump than voters with less conservative views on those issues. Ha! <laughs> Sounds like something I said. And having conservative views on those issues was more predictive of switching from Clinton to Trump than having conservative views on any other issue set was. Armacost, how many times did we warn these buffoons on the left that, you know, as a former police officer and law enforcement officer at the federal level, I really don't think defunding the police in neighborhoods where people's kids are getting mugged on the way to school, I... Joe, this is a stretch, but not really sure that's a good idea. Mm, no, probably not. Joe's struggling with it too. Yeah. Guy, struggling. He can't figure it out. He's like, really? That's not a good idea? Mm -mm. Dan, you were a police officer in a really high crime area. You've said on the show multiple times that residents would come out of their house begging you to lock up the drug dealers and also begging you not to say anything because they didn't want the drug dealers beating them up on the way to school. You told the Democrats that the overwhelming majority of people in high crime areas are not the criminals. Racist Democrats don't know that. They don't understand that. I worked in a high crime minority neighborhood, the 7-5 precinct in East New York, Brooklyn. And I will never forget Mothers, grandmothers, fathers, grandfathers coming out of their house. Officer, you'd have to go in an alleyway or something. I'm not, it's not a joke, by the way. It's not funny time. Sometimes we do funny time. This ain't it. 
You see that guy in the corner? Yeah, he's been slinging dope here for weeks. He's scaring all the kids. He's, you know, he's got a gun on him all the time. We need you guys to do something. That happened probably once every two weeks or so, hmm. which is a lot because mm -hmm. for people who are afraid to get people to come out, but that would happen often enough. And it really transformed a lot of my thinking at a young age that the 80-20 rule applies. 20% of the people are causing 80% of the damage. But it says something interesting that 80% of the people in those neighborhoods, probably more actually, are really fine, decent people. They're struggling a bit. They'd like to move out, but maybe their job isn't promoting them right now and they don't have the money. And they're hurting, man. They got kids. They got jobs. They've got a car that gets broken into. They've got a house that gets broken into. Money that gets stolen from them. They've got real lives and they're real citizens with real concerns, just like you and me. How do you think it sounds to those people pulling you in the alleyway because they don't want the drug dealer to see them? How do you think it sounds to them when your dopey, ridiculous party comes out and says, hey, I've got a good idea. Let's defund the police and pull that police officer off the corner. How do you think it sounds to them? The answer is, you know exactly how it sounds. So why don't you stop? If you're a Democrat or a liberal, why don't you stop? Because you can't. Because Donald Trump is such a powerful force in politics whose powers of persuasion are not disputed at all. Now, even by, this is a Democrat, I'm a Democrat who wrote this piece, not even disputed by Democrats, that instead of fighting him on ideas, you just simply engage in extinction bursts of behavior and you do the opposite of what Trump said. Trump supports the police, defund them. Even knowing that it's destroying your entire party and your entire brand and literally getting people killed. You just don't care. You will shake that Coke machine until you're out of energy, until you break it and you die of thirst. You don't care. Because you can't. You simply can't control yourself. I got more on this next. It's a nice synopsis in a piece by Hugo Gordon. If you please read the show notes today. Again, it's in the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. It's a... Washington Examiner piece proving my point of the Trump you show your caboose theory that he forces the Democrats to show their butts to people or humiliate themselves, do things counterproductive because they just hate him and they want to shake the Coke machine. It's a good piece. I'll get to that next. See, me and Guy are getting a little flow here now. He knows when it's time. You like that? You see? Very good. He puts the spot up. Very nice. Little It was a deep segment there. A little emotional break there. He's getting it. I've been here two weeks. He's starting to get my flow, you know, a little ESP connection there. All right. Today's show brought to you by our friends. They're back. Open fit. It's been challenging to stay consistent with your fitness routine from home. We all know that. It's been a rough year. That's why there's open fit. Open fit is a simple streaming service. That allows you to work out from the comfort of your own home in as little as 10 minutes a day. But get a good workout. Anybody can say that 10 minutes a day. Their workouts are top notch. They actually work. OpenFit offers live classes from some of the most famous trainers in the world who can give you personal feedback in real time. You could take a ton of different classes from beginner to advanced strength training, cardio, Pilates, yoga, even meditation. I could use some of that today. Plus, it's the best deal in fitness. You get a full year of personal training classes for about the cost of one in-person training session. 
That's for the whole year. By turning your camera on, the trainer can see you and can interact with other people in the class. Don't worry. If you're camera shy, you can still work out. Keep your camera off. It's that simple. No worries. Sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers, founder of the Worldwide Extend Bar Sensation. Plus, there are nutrition plans to help you with your weight loss goals. Right now, my listeners get a free 14-day trial membership. Don't blow this offer. A free 14-day trial membership to OpenFit when you text Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, to 50-50-50. It's 5-0-5-0-5-0. And if you decide to keep the service, which I know you will, you're going to love it. The entire year is only $96. What a deal. It's truly the best deal in fitness. You'll get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and a nutrition guide, totally free for 14 days. Just text Bongino to 50-50-50. Text Bongino to 50-50-50. Standard message and data rates may apply. Check it out. Let's get everything tight back together. All right. I, you know, I know I, and Guy's probably ready to kill me here because I sent him and Joe a boatload of material because it really is a loaded news day. Seriously. I'm sorry. I'm really, you have my apologies if, um, for spending all that time on that segment. But I really think, I think it's that important. It's all summed up by this piece by Hugo Gordon, who's the editor-in-chief of the Washington Examiner. It's in the show notes. I want you to read it. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it because it sums up what I just said. But the headline is this, Biden's bungling anti-Trumpism starts to fray. The gist of the piece is this, folks. It's exactly what I just said, showing you I'm not the only one thinking about this. Trump made the Democrats show their butts theory. In other words, the Democrats are doing things now that are counterproductive only because they hate Trump, not because they think it helps the Democrats. And the evidence is piling up. Hugo Gordon's thesis in this piece, it's short, but worth your time, is that everything Biden's doing now, Joe, go through the list. Let's open the border. Why? Because Trump built a border wall. Let's rip the border wall down. All of this stuff is obviously on its face entirely counterproductive. Even if you agree with a liberal immigration policy, sane sane people, not, not radical leftists, sane people would say, maybe we should still finish that wall. I mean, we already paid for it. The stuff is still out there in the desert. The Biden team's leaving this stuff out there. Like, no, no, we're not going to finish it. Matter of fact, we should seriously consider ripping down what we already built. Same people are like, ah, Joe, that sounds kind of dumb. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter because Trump said build a wall. So Biden, in a Coke-shaking machine episode, in the biggest extinction burst in human history, has to say, rip the wall down. Trump said he loved the wall. And everybody's like, eh, huh? Trump said he supports law enforcement. Get rid of them all, man. We got the George Floyd police bill out there today running through the house. The George Floyd police bill, which will withhold or defund federal funding from police departments if they don't follow draconian guidelines about policing. To defund the police is back. They don't care. They're reading the same piece in New York Mag that it is destroying their brand amongst middle-class working Americans, black, Hispanic, doesn't matter, and they do it anyway because they have to shake the Coke machine because they just hate Donald Trump. Trump said he loves the police. They got to get rid of the police. Trump said, let's pull out of the Paris Climate Accords. It doesn't look fair to America. It imposes conditions on America. It doesn't impose on the rest of the world. Biden, Trump said it. 
We got to get right back in that deal. Yeah, dude, we're struggling right now. Um, maybe we should have those conditions imposed on the rest of the world before the United States, before we crush our own energy economy. Biden's like, Trump pulled out of it, so we got to go back in shaking the Coke machine. Again, all in Hugo Gordon's piece, brilliant piece. The headline should have been, Trump made the Democrats show their cabooses. There's another thing he addresses in the piece. The Iran deal. So we got Iran, you know, the whole death to America crowd. I mean, literally the death to America. That's like uh, their, yeah. that's their campaign sign, you know. Yeah. Khomeini, 2024, more death to America. You know, no, uh, make death to America great again. I mean, that's their campaign slogan. They love death to America. That's their, more. There's not enough death to America. Doesn't matter. Trump said, hey, um, I'm not sure we should be giving this death to America crew all our money, especially on pallets. That sounds dumb, right? Joe, kind of stupid. Nah, Just dumb. throwing that out yeah. there. Death to America, fund the death to America with American money. That's really not a good idea. So what happens? Biden gets into office and because Trump makes them shake the Coke machine and show their butts, what does Biden do? We're definitely getting back in the death to America deal. So we'll defund the police, rip down the border wall, keep your kids out of school and fund the death to America brigade with their more death to America 2024 slogan. And they don't get it how middle class sane Americans, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Vietnamese, Cuban, Puerto Rican, whatever it may be, are like, I think that sounds kind of stupid. I'm going to check out these, these GOP cats who I've said repeatedly may not be the answer to all your problems. Well, I know that because there's a lot of failures on our side too. But the Democrats are most definitely the cause of all your problems. I love this show today. This show I could go on for. This is one of those days I'm just in like totally in the zone. No, I'm not messing with you. No, you I am totally in the zone. I could keep this show going for like three hours. Joe, yeah. no, Joe can read my mind. I can see it. Yeah. He's getting, he's at the, he's at the 75% mind reading stage. I'm serious. <laughs> I could do this show all day. I'm not even, the show is done in reverse. This is page two, but I love that story so much on page two. I made it page one. If, if those of you watch the show, how do I usually do the flipperoo? How does the flipperoo work? The binder's this way, because I only write on this side. The flipperoo goes this way. You'll notice today, if I get to the flipperoo, that the flipperoo will go the other way. Because I had so much material when I started writing on page two. I love page two stories, so I made them page one. You perceptive viewers will catch that. But I just told you, so you get to cheat anyway. All right. Now, there's a natural segue here to my next block. Do you now understand why cancel culture, which has been around a while, let's be honest about it, a long while, but do you understand why cancel culture seems that much more profound and impactful right now? It's almost like we're seeing, instead of arithmetic growth, geometric growth, the cancel culture. Right, Joe? It's like we used to have an incident, what, once a week? Now we have yeah. like four or five incidents a day. Right. Amazon's banning books. Dr. Seuss is in publishing Dr. Seuss books. The Bachelor guy is fired for giving an interview about another Bachelor canceled. The Bachelor guy's canceled for talking about a Bachelorette getting canceled. And then they cancel them. And then they cancel the host of The Bachelor. No, and then they cancel the person who hosted the host of The Bachelor. I'm not kidding. I'll get to that story in a minute, hopefully, too. It's in the show notes, showbiz411. They cancel a woman who's a contestant on The Bachelor. 
Then they cancel the host of the show for talking about the canceled woman. And then the woman who interviews the host who got canceled cancels herself. Not a joke. I'm not kidding. It's in the show notes today. Showbiz 411. Not a right-leaning site where they're like, hey, maybe this is getting crazy. Why is it getting crazy? Why is everybody canceling? I'm like sweating. This is it. The show. I'm like, I'm like in my sauna. Because of that article I just told you. Democrats, power brokers, their liberal connected elites in Hollywood, Wall Street, and everyone else are starting to figure out that Trump may have been onto something. That if maybe he just took the edge off a little bit, that not only would he have won that election, but he would have won that election in probably a landslide. Again, the edge doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm trying to get in the Democrats' head. They're saying, okay, he didn't persuade extra Republicans to turn out. He's actually eating into our Democrat working class base, which we've been lying and telling people where about, where about the working class. And now Trump is eating into it. This guy is a real problem. What do we do? Well, Joe, a sane person would say, well, we could battle him on the field of ideas and yeah. stick up for the police and talk about business. No, no, they want to defund the police. They're shaking the Coke machine because they can't control themselves. And because they can't control themselves, they've decided they're going to go full-blown totalitarian and wipe Trump and all his supporters off the face of the earth. Hence the exponential growth in cancel culture. Here is a terrific piece about it by Abigail Schreer who in our sub Substack, which Democrats want banned too, because Substack people get to write their thoughts. And, you know, these are unapproved thoughts by the Orwellian Democrat totalitarians. I'm going to get to the piece. It's in my show notes again. This is the must read show notes today, obviously. But I want to start with this question. If the left are so proud of what they're doing and they really think they're on the right side of the moral arc of history. I'm serious, Joe. It's a serious question. Then why are they so embarrassed about their role in cancel culture? I'm not joking. It's a serious question. Yeah. Have you noticed, Joe, the euphemism game they play with cancel culture? No, no, it's not cancel mm. culture, Joe. It's uh, it's accountability culture. Okay. No, no. We're not canceling. It's, it's all about capitalism, Joe. It's Free yeah. market Democrats about free markets. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's it's right. all, all about free markets, yeah. Joe. Democrats are all of a sudden they're allies for free markets. Uh, the, the same. I wrote this note because they went Democrats who want to impose government mandates on free market private businesses, Joe. Government mandates for wages, environmental stuff, content on cable. They want Fox News canceled, but they don't want any requirements for freedom and openness and non-monopolies. Weird, right? If I know it's a struggle for you, Armacost. I, I am. If they're so proud, I, I, I really, every year, like, oh, well, uh, we need that head scratching thing you, you put on there once in a while. If they're so proud, if they're so, <laughs> if they, thank you. If they're so <laughs> proud, then why play the euphemism game? Why not just say it? hey, we're canceling unapproved thoughts because totalitarianism and tyranny is great. Because they're embarrassed. Because the left, which has lied to people for decades and told them, we're the party of the working class. We're the party of the ACLU and civil liberties and civil rights. Is now looking in the mirror and realizing, my gosh, that's, that's, that's really not us. We're the ones terrorizing people economically, canceling people for fake Nazi stages at CPAC, even though a liberal company designed it. 
we're canceling the bachelor for canceling a woman who canceled the bachelor and got canceled after canceling the bachelor. We're the ones uh, kneeling at the American flag while most Americans really love that flag. We're doing all, gosh, that's really bad. Canceling anyone who speaks out. The U.S. soccer guy who said, I don't think we should kneel if you're playing for the U.S. soccer team. The U.S. soccer guy, a guy who lost the limbs in combat, who spoke out, gets, can gets canceled too. The left must be embarrassed by that. That's why they play the euphemism game. All right, I'll get to this Abigail share piece in a second. Let me get to my final sponsor because this piece is critical. And, and I have a big announcement. It's an announcement about an announcement. Don't let me forget that. It's important. That was actually story number nine, but I'm, I'll cover it. Don't worry, Guy. I will, I will walk you because this poor guy, I'm all over the place with this because uh, I have so much stuff today. All right, our final sponsor today. I'll be on this right after the show. Teeter, welcome Teeter. You know I love Teeter inversion tables. Teeter is now bringing you a full body, zero impact exercise with one simple machine. The amazing free step recumbent cross trainer. It is my new go-to. I love full body training, folks. I don't like to mess around. This is my new go-to. The free step recumbent cross trainer. Fitness plays a huge role in my life. My wife and I love it. Why? Because it's low impact. I can walk away from it getting a killer workout, sweating my heart rate up because I like to go hard on this thing and my knees and back are good. The Teeter Free Step is totally unique to anything else out there because it is truly low impact. With technology licensed from commercial PT equipment, you'll experience a smooth, linear stride that protects your joints better than any other cardio machine I have ever used. It works all my muscles without wearing my body down. I do Tabata sprints on it. There is truly nothing like it. Dollar resistance down to warm up or crank it up like I do for an absolutely amazing calorie burning workout that's full body. You grapplers out there will love this thing. Forget that old bike with the thing. The free step has proven to burn 17% more calories than a recumbent bike. Plus, you get access to trainer-led workout videos on the free Teeter Move app for personal training and motivation, motivation from the comfort of your own home. What are you waiting for? Get moving and feel great in 2021. We'll put up a picture of this mine in my garage. If you want to see my garage, you can check it out with the free step recumbent cross trainer. I'm using mine today. Teeter has a great offer for you. Get the Teeter free step recumbent cross trainer for $100 off when you go to Teeter, T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash Dan. Get this item today. It is spectacular. The Teeter Free Step is over a thousand reviews with a 4.6 star rating with this deal. It's an exclusive deal. You get $100 off when you go to teeter.com slash Dan. You get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. There is no reason not to try it. Remember, you can only get the Teeter Free Step Recumbent Cross Trainer and save $100 by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's teeter.com slash Dan. This works for everyone from Seniors just getting back into the exercise game to those MMA guys that want to blow up a full body workout. This is the perfect device for everyone on that spectrum. Teeter.com slash Dan. Check out the free step. All right. Back to the show in this Abigail Shear piece. So the piece is about Amazon's disturbing turn towards tyranny. Amazon uh, is shaking the Coke machine too, engaged in one of the largest extinction bursts in human history, along with their Democrat masters. Amazon is now banning books altogether, which as I've uh, repeatedly stated to you is worse than book burning, because at least in book burning, you have the book. So you can probably photocopy it on the QT before the Democrat tyrants come to burn the book, right? You can actually preserve some of the content. Book banning is even worse than book burning. Headline, book banning in an age of Amazon. The world's largest bookstore begins quietly deleting books. Holy Moses, we are now living in a totalitarian dystopian society and liberals are shaking the Coke machine all the way through. 
She talks about and addresses his first argument, number one, which liberals always make disingenuously. Again, not realizing they're canceling themselves, liberals, because they're shaking the Coke machine. They say, hey, we're all about free markets, Joe. <laughs> that, by the way, that's hilarious. Yes. Liberals are all about capitalism. Again, the same liberals that want to impose government mandates on free markets for wages, environmental rules, content you can put on your show. They want to boycott ideas they don't like. They're all about free markets now, Joe. So she says in the piece, Abigail, she goes, some will argue it's Amazon's right to drop a book. Though it possesses many of the frightful powers of government and few of the limitations, Amazon is not the government. As a private company, many argue, it retains the right to stock its shelves with whatever it chooses. As someone put it to Abigail on Twitter, public stopped carrying my favorite salad dressing. You know what? I went to another store and bought it. Hmm. Sounds compelling, right, Joe? You're like, yeah, you know, it sounds right, Dan. You're a... Excuse me, you're a you're a free or free market cat. Yeah. Amazon, Amazon can do what it wants, right? No big deal. That's interesting that liberals would make that argument that Amazon's a free market private company. You know, liberals are all about capitalism now. So we should cancel books we don't like because Amazon, quote, can can do what it wants. Well, that's really interesting because when we go to screenshot two, Joe, the liberals made the exact opposite argument about the guy in Colorado who refused to bake a cake for a gay wedding. Wait, 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 wait. So the same liberals who want to impose uh -huh. upon free market companies, Joe, who can, quote, do what they want, want to tell them what to pay their workers, whether they can afford it or not, want to make them subscribe to a bunch of environmental regulations that are largely counterproductive most of the time. They want to dictate to cable news companies like Fox and my show and elsewhere what's allowed on public areas. But, but you can do what you want as long as you do what it's what we want. But that's not what I want. You just said I could do what I want. I'm a free market company. We were just kidding. We were just kidding. And by the way, bake that cake. Bake that cake immediately. She goes on, quote, we'll call this the Colorado Bake Shop argument, she says, which the Supreme Court considered in Masterpiece versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission. Private businesses might have the right not to sell certain things customers want. I, by the way, I totally agree with that. It's my cake shop, damn it. I, I get it, too. Liberals are like, Dan, are you being a hypocrite? Ah, no, no, no. Stand by. It's my cake shop, damn it, runs the argument. If the proprietor doesn't want to create a cake celebrating a gay wedding or anything else that violates his conscience, maybe he shouldn't have to. Folks, whether you agree or not, I agree with that approach. Well, Dan, how aren't you being a hypocrite? You're saying that the cake shop is a private business. It, quote, should be allowed to do what it wants. No, I'm not saying it should be allowed to do whatever it wants. We do have laws. I mean, the cake shop can't go baking cakes and uh, assaulting old women with the cakes and slamming them in the face, putting them in the hospital. Uh, there are certain rules and regulations in a constitutional republic where we preserve the civil liberties of others as well. But what's interesting is we do have a First Amendment. And the owner of the cake shop had some sincere religious beliefs. I'm not asking you to agree with them. I, I candidly don't care if you agree with them or not. He had a constitutional right to not engage in behavior. He felt violated his sincerely held religious beliefs. Is Amazon making that argument on a more dramatic scale? Does Amazon have some religious problem with banning books about transgenderism? Is, is, because have they made that argument yet? I haven't, I haven't heard that. And does scale matter? Ah, something I've thought about often, which Abigail Share puts down in words far more eloquently than I've ever said on this show. Here's the scale argument, which is a good one. Part three of this. 
But that argument is inept. Amazon isn't a neighborhood bakery. Small independent bookstores can and often do claim to be in the business of promoting a certain kind of speech. There are Christian bookstores and feminist bookstores and everything in between. And forcing such stores to sell books they don't like would compromise the owner's free speech rights by forcing them to engage in what is arguably a form of compelled speech. They'd be right. But Amazon operates on a vast scale. Scale is the difference between homicide and genocide, a pickpocket and Bernie Madoff. Brilliant. Number one in the Colorado bakery case. The owner is claiming an allegiance to a sincerely held religious belief, which is a constitutionally protected right. Last time I checked, Joe, it was still there in the Constitution. Was there an amendment since I left? Was there an updated amendment, like subsection one footnote to the First Amendment? No, no, same old stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was yeah. same old. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. I'm just, mm -hmm. you know, we got to, fact checks are important on the yeah. show. Um, so he, he is allowed to believe um, in these things, whether you agree with them or not, just like you're allowed to believe in things we don't agree with too. Second, Amazon's not making that argument. They're just banning the book because they're succumbing to the liberal cancel culture brigade. To be, Amazon is on a far different scale. Cher goes on. I didn't take a screenshot of this. In the interest of time, I got to wrap it up soon because I really enjoyed the hell out of this show. And I've talked a little too much about stories, but she makes the point later in the piece that it's Amazon's scale that is the difference here. We have always, in a society that's respected free and competitive markets, we have always had rules and regulations, just like the left wants on wages and all this other stuff. We have always had a bipartisan consensus on anti-competitive behavior, Joe. Hence, we've had anti the Sherman Antitrust Act. You are not allowed to engage in monopolistic anti-competitive behavior. There's even rules against mergers and acquisitions of companies if their sole intention is to destroy competition and charge some form of a monopoly price. Cher makes the argument later in the piece that Amazon's incredible scale, 60% of, so of, 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 of books or so, are sold on Amazon. That if Amazon decides to ban a book just because they want to cancel people, no one is claiming any kind of constitutional right. That if Amazon bans a book, they wipe out the entire market because that author, knowing that he won't be sold or she won't be sold on Amazon, Joe, will never get a publishing deal. She makes the further case that then publishers start to understand that conservative thought is dangerous and they then will invent euphemisms to turn conservative authors down. So you have this cascade of horribles where Amazon uses its scale to shut down conservative ideas. Conservative authors then can't get published. Publishers then wipe out any conservative book on their, on their roster because they can't get published either. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing now and starting up a conservative economy. Let me just show you this. Fine, I told you I get this article. Showbiz 411. Please read this in my show notes today, proving to you again how this strategy is going to entirely backfire in the long run. The Bachelor, Showbiz 411, Roger Friedman, TV, colon. Cancel culture sinks The Bachelor to lowest ratings of the season and second lowest of all time after racism scandal explodes. What did I tell you in the beginning of the show? 
identity politics and cancel culture are going to cannibalize the left. I just showed you the data on leftist endless appeals to racism, how it's blowing up and costing them middle-class support, regardless of race. And I've made the point repeatedly that cancel culture will eventually implode because they're running out of victims on the right as people are progressively canceled, pun intended. So now because they love it and they enjoy it, remember, response, reward. They've been rewarded by the power of canceling people because they're sick people and they enjoy. They enjoy it. That's why they do it. They don't want to give up when they run out of conservative targets. So they then focus on people like the left and they eat their own Hollywood brand alive. Gosh, we had so much more stuff. Did you, uh, this is really a shame. You wanted a reminder right. about the announcement about the announcement? Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, Joe. That's what I have you there for. You're right. I'm going to yeah. have to wrap on this because it's so crazy. By the way, quick story. Just funny story before I get to this. I, this is a personal story. I got this text last night from uh, from my brother. You know how, you know how we, we were mocking the... the uh, the people claiming like 10 masks, 15 masks. And uh, Joe, we'd use the line about the two masks. Like we call it the deuce, you know, the two masks of the deuce. So my 10 year old nephew, (laughs) my 10 year old nephew comes, I get this text from my brother, comes home from school yesterday. And I guess one of the parents is telling my brother that, wait, (laughs) my 10 year old nephew who listens to the show and loves it. I feel, I, I, I shouldn't tell this story. He goes to school and what, what are the kids, I guess the moms? <laughs> Just get the story out. So one of the kids comes to school and has two masks on. So my 10-year-old nephew goes, <laughs> he goes is, is that the deuce? <laughs> he asked the kid. <laughs> he, asked, he asked the kid if that's the deuce. I guess the dad or the mom texts my brother. <laughs> What's the deuce? Is that the deuce? <laughs> are, you, are you wearing the deuce? <laughs> the kid is dead. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I laughed about this all night. Are you wearing the deuce? <laughs> Have we crowned the term nationally? I think we have, Joe. The double yeah. maskers. Is that the deuce? Just ask him. Hey, you got the deuce on? <laughs> All right, more on the deuce tomorrow. We've been talking so long. My MacBook keeps ready to get ready to shut down. Yes, I'm still stuck with it despite my Apple boycott. My last one. We're going back to something different. All right, here's my big announcement. My big announcement is about an announcement we'll be making next week. So, media people, pay attention. We'll be making a big announcement next week in our fight to construct a parallel economy that respects free speech for everyone, conservatives, liberals, everyone. That matters to me. We're going to be making a big announcement next week about that. And I want you to pay very close attention because I'm not done. You know, we had my uh, experiments with Parler and Rumble. This is just the beginning. We'll be adding a new service. Coming up soon. And I want you to pay very close attention next week to these announcements because I need you in this fight. These fights have cost me a lot of time and a lot of money. But as I said, I will go destitute, bankrupt, and broke before I let the left cancel everyone in the economy without creating an alternative for you. And I've got the connections to do it now. Thanks to you.
So stay tuned next week. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. As you can tell, I love that show. Please go to rumble.com, reject YouTube cancel culture, watch my show on Rumble, rumble.com, rumble.com slash Bongino, rumble.com slash Bongino. Please go there and subscribe. It is free. Watch the show there. Reject YouTube cancel culture. Support Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. Thanks, folks. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.